Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey, if you'd like to hear this show without ads and plugs interrupting, there's one thing you can do right now to make that happen, and that is become a PW Torch VIP member. You get about a dozen other podcasts throughout the week that I host that are VIP exclusive, and you get the Wade Keller post shows and podcasts during the week with the ads and plugs removed, all on a separate feed exclusively for VIP members. Plus, tons of other podcasts that are VIP exclusive, access to our full archives of podcasts dating back to 2004, which includes post pay per view roundtables dating back to late 2004 also access to our full archives thousands of podcasts over 1500 back issues of the pro wrestling torch weekly newsletter that started it all add free access to our website and more check out full details at pwtorchvipinfo.com that's pwtorchvipinfo.com to get full details and then jump to our sign up form it's mobile friendly desktop friendly in two minutes you can be a VIP member, show support for us, and we'll give you a lot in return, including a streamlined listening experience on your iPhone or Android device with the ads and plugs removed. Go check it out, pwtorchvipinfo.com. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, Protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Now, PW Torch brings you the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Post Show. It's time to talk this week's WWE Smackdown Live. So, Cam, it looks like, well, it for sure is going to be Miz, not Daniel Bryan, challenging The Fiend uh, for the Universal title at TLC. They had teased a uh, Daniel Bryan rematch instead. No sign of Daniel Bryan. I would have thought 
the announcers and some other wrestlers be a little more worried about Brian for two hours. <laughs> you know, no, no one's seen him since last week or heard from him. And they went a whole two hours just kind of like not bringing it up after the beginning and focusing on uh, Miz and, and what happened with him. So I, I just would like to say I think we should pay a little more attention to Daniel Bryan and, and the fact that he's gone missing. I agree. Uh, when that's the story that you tell, like yeah. they could have just said Daniel Bryan's at home or Daniel Bryan's out of action or we know he's there, but you know, Bree says he hasn't responded to calls. Like there's a way to say there wasn't a crime committed against this man. Um, <laughs> and, and, and to, you know, still continue on that story, but agree. Like if you're going to make it a dire circumstance, treat it like that. Don't just talk about it twice in a show. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So what did you think of the job they did following up on that? I mean, obviously there's, um, intrigue over where they're going with the story with Brian, but part of having the audience be intrigued with a story is also taking them on a journey that feels logical within WWE's universe. And that's why I'm kind of teasing a little bit like, you know, shouldn't everybody be a little more worried about what happened to the beloved Daniel Bryan? Uh, So there's that aspect of it, but then there's also just kind of the flat out storytelling. And and what did you think of the the storytelling and, and the way that they did follow up on uh, the way that Bray, the way that Bray kind of shifted to Miz, incorporated Miz's family photo into the mix, had Miz on a phone calling his wife, saying things will be okay, but just in case, lock the doors, turn on the alarm, I'm coming right home, um, and then Bray attacking him a little bit later when when Miz wandered into a room that had mysterious red light um, uh, coming out of it. Uh, what do you think of all of that? You know, we talk about. Uh, these decade awards with WWE with match of the year and or match of the decade, superstar of the decade, angle of the decade. I think when you start talking about feuds of the decade, it's hard not to go with Daniel Bryan and the Miz. If for no other reason, than regardless of their alignment, they've always maintained, you know, tension between the two of them. And I think even tonight, with Miz being able to say, you know, I don't like Daniel Bryan, but I understand Daniel Bryan's value. I understand what he means to where I work. Like, I thought that was really good because they, they just do a good job with those two characters of even if they're on the same side, not being on the same page. So I appreciate that. Um, you know, Miz, because he's able to kind of cross over in these worlds with the reality shows and things like that, when you talk about his family – You've seen, you know, his wife as a wrestler and next to him, you've seen his family on shows. So I think that, you know, Bray Wyatt, the Fiend, exposing that part of him like is really, really good. Like it plays to who Miz actually is. It doesn't come off as forced. And, you know, even the Fiend kind of existing as a mythical character, they did some really good real world stuff. Like I was joking on Twitter, like, you know, his magic, his consistent magical power is Photoshop. He's putting himself in pictures of people's families and yes. popping up on things. And that's really good. But I think that um, there was some practicality to the smoke and mirrors. Um, and the biggest thing, Wade, you know, we just had, like, I don't like the whole red light matches. I don't like the tone of the matches, but Daniel Bryan is so good, good that I almost forgot any of that was happening at Survivor Series. I like that they're not running that back immediately at TLC. Like, the pay-per-views happen so fast, I'm okay with them taking a break if it's something they get back to at the Royal Rumble or later. Yeah, I, I like that too. I think whatever they're doing with Daniel Bryan because of last week's angle feels bigger than 
giving it, uh, what are we at, nine days notice uh, for TLC. Yeah. They actually got around to mentioning there's a pay-per-view a week from Sunday. Roman Reigns spoiler spoiler alerted us, uh, or didn't spoiler alert us, when he gave away a TLC match with Corbin that was then announced in the next hour. Um, so, you know, they got around to kind of uh, officially announcing some of the SmackDown contributions, but part of the reason... Um, that they didn't is there's a short turnaround time from Survivor Series, and they wanted to run some angles to set up Miz being the opponent for Bray. I like Miz as the opponent for Bray on what is not a major pay-per-view, and it feels more of an, it, it, it buys them a month um, to give Bray Wyatt another opponent on pay-per-view that Bray can beat decisively, presumably, uh, and, and not do damage to the Bray character, but not also blow off or blow through something that feels like it should be bigger. And frankly, Daniel Bryan, when you look at the depth chart of SmackDown's babyface roster, they can't afford to just sacrifice Bryan to Bray and then move on. Who do they move on to? So yeah, this actually buys Bryan some time for that story with Bray to build up into a bigger deal. I'm now thinking the rematch will be at the Royal Rumble, although I wouldn't rule out they you know, play it out longer. But I, I, I would put my money on there will be a rematch, but it'll be in January. That's exactly what I'm thinking. Like, he comes back maybe the week after TLC, like that following SmackDown, you know, with the with the shaved head and a different beard, we kind of get that early Daniel Bryan or that American Dragon vibe, um, you know, just kind of a full-fledged return to old Daniel Bryan, whatever time period you want to put that on. And, you know, they just go at it full force come Royal Rumble. Um, and then, you know, regardless of the outcome, I really liked the Survivor Series match. And so I think they can do a good job, you know, you know, building there. Daniel Bryan is fully committed to whatever role he's playing. And those two together, um, him and The Fiend, like have been to me better than the Rollins, uh, Rollins and The Fiend. So um, I, I fully expect any Daniel Bryan feud to at least be passable, but I think this will be good, especially with them letting it play out. Uh, Cam, where are you on, on Miz as a character? Uh, you, you complimented some aspects of what they did tonight, but just in general, ha- where are you with Miz and the role that he's in? And do you think this is a good, sustainable place for him to be, uh, arguably third or f- I guess fourth on the babyface depth chart behind Reigns, Braun, and Bryan, but ahead of Ali, Gable, and Apollo Crews, I, I, would, I would venture to say. Yeah, you know, I do. Um, I think that, you know, he's, he gets a very good crowd reaction slowly but surely. He's adjusted some of his offense. Like, you can't make up for a lack of athleticism, but, like, he's done things to kind of to kind of raise his value in that space. And then, you know, who knows? Like, I mean, John Morrison's coming back. So, so maybe they throw them together as another babyface tag team. Um, but. You know, I, I do like him in the role that he's in. I think people respond to him very well. I think he's always carried himself very well. And again, this idea of never saying full-fledged I'm a babyface, but SmackDown's important to me and the WWE's important to me, and I'm doing what I can to sustain that. I think he's been consistent with that aspect of himself the entire time. And so him playing a slightly different alignment, I think it's well-received, and I, I, I like him in that space. Do you agree he's not a top-tier guy? He's a... Uh... You know, bottom of the first tier, top of the second tier guy. That's a better way to put it. He can work main event. He can work against somebody like Bray, and you can get away with it on a pay-per-view. But they're not shortchanging him by having him in position number four on the depth chart rather than one or two. You know, he's a lesser version of Jericho, and that's not a knock on him at all. I think Miz, you know, can take this loss to the Fiend and come out and say a few things and get right back to the spot where he's in, which is, like you said, um, not quite at the, you know, the one, two, or three guy, but a consistent four, five, six guy, um, yeah. and and never have to lose that spot. 
Yeah. Yeah. Yep. All right, cool. Well, let's uh, let's introduce ourselves and set the table. This is the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Post Show for December 6, 2019. I'm Wade Keller, host of the program. I've been covering professional wrestling since the late 1980s through the Pro Wrestling Torch newsletter that I launched in 1987. Uh, did a 900 line along with the newsletter in the 90s when that was a big thing. Hosted a radio show on KFAN for a couple years in the early 90s and had uh, big-name guests on that program on a regular basis Got into podcasting uh, about, uh, well, 10 years ago. We're approaching the 10-year anniversary of doing free podcasts, but we've been doing uh, VIP-exclusive podcasts since 2004. So we're about 15 years in on that. And uh, I'm glad you joined us and glad you subscribed or downloaded the show. If you haven't subscribed, search Wade Keller in your podcast app and add it to your uh, subscriptions of podcasts. And you can always find links to all of our podcasts that I host and many other hosts. We'll be talking about one of them in a moment here. Uh, just going to uh, pwtorch.com will give you a list of all the latest podcasts on all of our different wrestling topics and themes with a wide array of voices and uh, and and specific uh, focuses. So uh, my co-host that you've been listening to for the first few minutes here is Cameron Hawkins, who is co-host of the PW Torch East Coast cast that streams live on Wednesdays and then is downloadable later that night or the next day. Cam, welcome back. Always good to be here. I think this is my first Friday night show. So, um, you know, bit of a different environment. I don't have to jump up and wake up for work in the morning. So this is pretty cool. But yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, I'm glad you're uh, glad you're here and glad to get your perspective. Um, so uh, I want to give out the phone numbers. We're here live and we absolutely invite you to call and converse with us. We only have one person so far who's flagged uh, themselves on the switchboard is wanting to participate. So it'll be a shorter wait than usual here on Friday night. Um, so if you do want to participate, call us 347 347- 215-8558. That's 347-215-8558. Um, we're, we're not afraid of dissenting views. We do not want group group think or echoes of what we uh, what we say. And we have a wide array of co-hosts, so hopefully that isn't a problem to begin with. But if you if you normally listen to the show and, and you think that there's somebody we don't like that you do like or vice versa or something on tonight's show that uh, that you don't think we'll bring up, that's one of the reasons we have open phone lines. So again, that's 347-215-8558. And then push one on your keypad when you call, and that'll flag you on the switchboard to indicate that you want to be on the program. Now, there's another way to contribute, and that is email Wade Keller Podcast at pwtorch.com. That's Wade Keller Podcast at pwtorch.com. Aloha, Torch Faithful. This is Kelly Wells, host of PWT Talks NXT. Every Thursday, you can hear me and my gang of idiots, Tom Stout, who shares thoughts from the live tapings, and Torch recapper Nate Lindbergh, as well as a rotating cast of guests, cover the matches and events in NXT Live on USA Network. Search PW Torch in Apple Podcasts or your podcast app to subscribe, or listen on demand and see the entire PW Torch Daily Cast schedule at pwtorchdailycast.com. Cheers! With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? 
No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I do want to note on the PW Torch Daily Cast lineup right now, and you can search PW Torch on your podcast app and subscribe to that. There's a different show every day. Each day of the week has a different show with different hosts, with different themes. And on Fridays, it's our best of show. And the current one that went up, I was re-listening to earlier today, it's an interview that Pat McNeil did five years ago this week with Kyle O'Reilly, uh, currently part of Undisputed Era. Really good interview. I know more about where he came from, where he was five years ago, why he is so happy his wife is not involved in the wrestling business that, and why he's never dated anybody in wrestling. Uh, along with conversation about working with the Young Bucks, what it's like to work in New Japan, uh, the state of ROH at that time, heading into Final Battle 2014, um, the Briscoes, what it's like to work with them. Just really, really cool interview. Get to know Kyle O'Reilly a little better. Um, that interview conducted by Pat McNeil five years ago, available right now as today's uh, best of PW Torch livecast that we drop every Friday. Tomorrow it'll be the Deep Dive with Rich Fan, and then Sunday night on the PW Torch Daily Cast, it'll be Greg Parks hosting Wrestling Night in America, talking a lot about ROH Final Battle, the uh, the next NWA big event coming up next weekend, and also, of course, WWE TLC. So uh, check that out. Search PW Torch or visit PWTorchDailyCast.com for more details on the show lineup. All right, cool. So, uh, Cam, let's let's go to phone calls, and uh, we'll begin with area code 305, and then after that, 760 has gotten in line and wants to contribute. Uh, 305, go ahead, state your name and where you're calling from. Hey, wait, hey, Cam, it's Javier from Miami. How's it going? Doing good. You said, oh, wow. you said your name is Javier? No, I'm kidding. Go ahead. Good to hear from you, Javier. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, I, I pressed one late to get people, allow people to get in, but yeah. I was surprised when I was still the first, uh, not prepared. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, I love the Bray stuff. I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm a big fan of the supernatural stuff, yeah. I, but I felt this episode made me go from liking the character and being, you know, cheering for Bray Wyatt by putting uh, Miz's family in danger. It actually made me, you know, see him as a heel and really see the creepiness factor, you know, no longer like, haha, more like, OK, this guy's kind of messed up. That's a good point. You know, that was one of the issues. And, and I was wondering if they were going to commit to The Fiend, Bray Wyatt, being a heel because fans were cheering for the novelty, you know, the, the novelty aspect of the act. And and this did, I, I think it's a great point from Javier, that this is uh, a, a more sinister, uh, unlikable version of The Fiend, the kind of the cute stuff was not there and so i think that's a good point now cam i think that was probably a, a move a, a deliberate move by them to try to sway fans away from from popping and cheering for him yeah, i mean one of the things about you know him going after seth rollins is the only real attachment that seth rollins would have that would have any type of vulnerability would be becky lynch but 
you can't have him go after Becky Lynch because of what she means to Raw and the company in general right now. Like, she's not a damsel in distress. She very much stands on her own. Um, so it was really just The Fiend versus Seth Rollins. You flip it to Miz, noted family man, Maurice basically being retired, them having a young child. Just like Javier said, like, it's a different sense of danger. It's a different, um, you know, sense of, like, he's insidious when he's doing stuff like this, threatening those who can't defend themselves. And so, yeah, it really did shift him tonally. Um, and Miz did a great job, like you said, of calling her, saying, I'm going to be home, lock the doors. Like, the whole thing was played very well as far as there being real concern for people who could really get hurt even in the context of wrestling. So, yeah, um, really well done. And I hope more people absorb that like Javier did. Absolutely. And, and I, yeah, uh, well, go ahead, Javier. Any follow up? Well, and, and there were some little other, like, uh, details to it, like how he treated uh, the rabbits. Yes, just shoving his head down and being dismissive and kind of cruel. Yeah, and, and like berating him in a, yeah, in a cruel way. So, you know, uh, and that's a character that people have uh, uh, glommed onto, not, not as much as Baby Yoda, but uh, that, you know, they've liked. So, <laughs> you know, him being cruel to like a, a family member, it's kind of... So I, I really dug that, the, 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 some of the details, some of the detail work they did with, that, with, the, uh, with, the, with the, you know, with what they did with the rabbit. To, to further kind of like under, underscore the, uh, you know, like his descent. Um, have you, are, are either, have either of you two seen the movie Split? Yes. I'm a very big fan of that trilogy. Absolutely. I have not. Does, does the character not seem based on the, uh, on uh, the, the, what was his name, the Beast? Or the yeah, Horde, well, was the name in Glass? Yeah, Bray Wyatt's no James McAvoy, but I do think he does a very good job of jumping between roles. Um, there's a shift in tone. His face is different. His mannerisms are different. And the mask helps that. But I think tonight, with him never actually putting on the mask, but going between characters, I think absolutely. I don't, I don't know if Vince is sitting around watching M. Night Shyamalan movies, but um, I definitely see the similarities and think Bray's doing good acting, especially good wrestling acting. Absolutely. I just looked it up. I'm intrigued. I like this kind of movie, so I gotta, I gotta add it to my list um, of uh, of movies to watch. Uh, uh, Cam, how do you think they're doing with Bray? Because I've expressed some disappointment that I I didn't have 100 percent confidence. I, my confidence was shaken that this had been fully thought through. Because for a while, it seemed like the 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 fun loving Bray character hosting the Firefly Funhouse was unaware of the split personality or tried to push it away and use and 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 wasn't like consciously bouncing back and forth between the evil fiend and what he was trying to be this this good children's host and then there'd be times where it seemed like he was very much just going into the sinister mode and he was intentionally effing with you and trying to play mind games but he was always conscious of it and i wasn't sure what we as a viewer are supposed to believe how do you do you agree with that as as a i don't know if it's a criticism but an observation that it wasn't necessarily clear for a while. And do you think they've picked sides on that and are doing a good job, even if it just started this week? Yeah, I think those two, uh, Bray and the Fiend, are occupying the same space now. Um, you know, whether, you know, it's, it's a ruse or an act, it's hard to say. But I think the fact that we had him in, you know, basically one outfit the whole time, but even just being a more sinister Bray and having more of the theme mannerisms, you know, them kind of merging into one thing, I think is good. Um, and like you said, they've kind of been all over the place with them 
Bray almost being afraid that the fiend is going to show up to now kind of inviting that part of him. Um, I like it this week more than I've liked it at different times where they seem to not really be aware of each other. Uh, but yeah, I think today it was more fluid and I think that fluidity played out really well. Do do you prefer uh, a split personality or a demented Bray Wyatt who's self-aware of everything that he says and does and the whole range of of his personalities with the idea being he's evil to the core and he's just putting on an ironic kids act as part of his psychological warfare. Well, it's kind of fun. Um, I don't know if you if you watch The Flash at all. I know Travis and I were doing reviews of that show for like two seasons. There's a character on there who is um, her name's Caitlin. She's a doctor, and she also has a metahuman in her called Killer Frost. And eventually, um, them being aware of each other, they just decided when they would give each other the body to walk around and do hmm. things. And they yeah. could talk to each other freely. And so, yeah, I like like both of them having some agency um, and kind of reaching into each other's personality a bit. So us having Bray, who can just tap into the Fiend at will, it's more like Hulk and Avengers. Like, I like that. I'm a fan of that. And, and that's where you think they are now? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. I'm Rich Fan, host of The Deep Dive with Rich Fan, a weekly part of the PW Torch Daily Cast lineup of shows. Search PW Torch and Apple Podcasts or your podcast app to subscribe. Every Saturday at 6 p.m. Eastern, I dive in with a guest for an hour on anything in the world of wrestling or wrestling related. Want to hear about the influence of historical figures like Big Cat or Any Lad? We gotcha. Want to hear about how crazy the Marine movies got? We are on it. No topic is too big or too small. So if you want to dive in with us, call in live or listen on demand and see the entire PW Torch Daily Cast schedule at pwtorchdailycast.com. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Cool. Javier, how about you on those same topics? Uh, yeah, that was actually my point on Split because uh, in, in Split, three of uh, I think it was three of the personalities are actually trying to bring about essentially what the in the movie with the the fiend, uh, which is the superpowered entity. They're because they're all in the same body and they're trying to bring out this new personality out. Uh, that's kind of the way I see it. That it's it's basically uh, one of these evil that that uh, one of the personalities like a, I think like a nine year nine year old kid. Mm-hmm. And he's helping out the beast, and that's kind of how I see that Bray is like the nine-year-old kid who's, you know, as a nine-year, you know, a nine-year-old kid who likes to pull the uh, the wings off a off a fly, 
you know, the, the, the creepy nine-year-old. And he's trying to bring about, the, you know, he likes seeing The Fiend, which is why he's always talking about, oh, I want to play with, the, you know, let, let, let's play. Because to him, it's like, it's a cruel game when he's brave, but then he knows that there's a fiend and he likes the fiend to come out to play because he likes, you know, seeing the, what the fiend does. You yeah. sold me on it. Yeah. You sold me on it. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> cool. Um, yeah, Javier, good, good comments. Uh, anything else on the show tonight? Um, uh, well, I, the other thing I, I, I kind of enjoyed, I didn't like how it ended because it's uh, what Todd Martin says that uh, it's always 50, 50 booking, but I liked that uh, Lacey Evans embraced the whole, uh, the whole mother and military thing, the, yeah. you know, like baby, baby face aspects um, in order to, you know, uh, try to get the crowd on her side. I, I like that they brought, you know, brought that up because those are, you know, those are part of who, you know, she really is. So uh, I really dug they did that they did that. Then, you know, like the fact that she got waylaid at the end and the, the heels standing over her. But um, I thought that was a good, uh, a, a good way to get to, to understand who she is. I, I liked I liked her being in the spot. It, it seemed to be a good week to do it. With tribute to the troops being a, um, a video, the, tribute to the troops videos being part of the show. Uh, uh, Cam, our, my issue though is it's as if the other version of her never existed. You know, like the announcers don't address it. Bailey or I mean Sasha's not addressing it. Lacey's not addressing it. I want some sort of transition. I want to. I want there to be a, a moment of clarity or or uh, a moment where her her purpose changed, her attitude changed, and and the, and I want that to be talked about a little more, uh, quite a bit more concretely. And instead, it's sort of like, well, circumstantially, because Sasha and Bailey are so unbearable, now we're just supposed to cheer Lacey because they said something about her daughter, and now all of a sudden she's a marine and a mother who the fans are cheering. I, I I'd like WWE to be better at that that in-between stage and then i want the announcers to own it and talk about it and and they just don't do that often enough in situations like this so two things on that (laughs) first thing you know Lacey does that thing where she goes up to you know a guy close to front row and leaves her hand out so that he can kiss her hand and as a heel she kept pulling it away (laughs) so tonight the guy that she does it to he just keeps looking at her like are you sure you're not going to pull it away (laughs) sure you're not going to pull it away like noticeably long and she didn't of course but she's a face the other half of that is you know I, i think that as good as Sasha is, and Sasha is probably the best they have in the ring, Sasha's just not a very good talker. Like, her pacing is weird. Lacey, on the other hand, absolutely killed her promo. Like, tonally it was great, the pace was great, the content was great, but, just like he said, you have Lacey come out and say how she's a mother and a Marine, which is fantastic. Then in the next segment, you have Michael Cole say no one's a bigger supporter of the military than Roman Reigns. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> done this great job of rehabbing Roman Reigns and the crowd is so into him and you just you do these things that can just kill that momentum how is the lady who was a marine in the last segment not a bigger supporter than Roman Reigns like, it's not a knock to him but she's a few notches above him based on service alone like come on guys uh, yeah but has she been in a marine movie well actually she should be that should be her next gig yeah I mean, it really should be. Yeah. Like she, she might kill it. Just I know, yeah. But what what about the transition aspect of it? Like, you know, I mean, because the fan in the front row didn't get that transition, so he doesn't have a reason to believe her, yet this is her triumphant babyface promo, and that chapter just sort of missing. It just, like, I mean, it went back and yeah. forth with her team with Natalia and then not, and then she was sort of heelish again. Um, and I, I just think viewers kind of lose lose faith that they should feel too strongly either way unless there's a story given to them. 
and you know, as as great as Sasha is in the ring, she's not the person to solidify that against because I don't think the conversation is strong enough. Um, yeah. I don't I don't know how they are with slow burns. Like again, like Alexa Bliss is a huge baby face against Mandy Rose right now, so like they're the the timing of of these moves aren't super great. But um, I, I don't have a problem with them going to it, and I think. Her side of the promo was strong enough. Her reasoning for wanting respect and wanting to be treated a certain way is, is good enough. Um, I wish it was against somebody else who could have gotten over more, not thinking a lot of her and disrespecting her, and then like that kind of going that way. I, I don't really know who you can do that against based on who they have. Maybe a Charlotte is who that's better against. But, I mean, I, I think it was too fast, but I think she did a good enough job to where it's believable um, with that promo, and I think she can carry that going forward. Yeah, yeah, I like where she is now, and I like the promo. I guess even just something of, like, Corey Graves going, why would anyone believe Lacey after all the things, all the nasty things she said about... I mean, I know they want to pretend that never happened, but that I'm advocating for not pretending the past didn't happen in wrestling. I want them to incorporate that, and that's where even commentator back and forth can be good or great. It's like, I don't believe her. I don't. And, and Cole's like, she really was a Marine. Well, why was she nasty to the fans before? And have an answer for that. And if you mm-hmm. don't have Cole say, well, you know what? I'm going to talk to her about that next week on SmackDown. We have a scheduled sit-down interview. And actually come up with it. Like, have Lacey explain herself and and it can be, you know, you can come up with a whole multitude of things. She can say, well, I walked in and uh, there was a, a chip on my shoulder for being a Marine or the fan or the other. My colleagues treated me a certain way because of X, Y and Z. And I handled it poorly because of this thing in my history or this thing that happened to me in the past that actually drove me to become a Marine. And, and I've, I've matured. And, and you know what? Like I, I design I crave that as a viewer. I want that character development where. We don't just we're not just supposed to forget about the past or assume a, a switch got flipped arbitrarily based on the circumstances of the of the alignment of the roster and the fact that it's tribute to the troops week. So let's have her talk about being a marine for the first time out of you know in in a babyface way out of the blue. So so that's where you use the Natalia taught me. I think that's where you yeah show that's good value in the yep. person that you you have looking like a fool all the time by people you know like finally give a reason for Natalia's trust to pay off. That would have been really good. I think you can still do that. Let her be the person who kind of showed you the way or yeah, yeah, I definitely think they could do that and there's time to do that. You got a whole one hour show that I can't stay up late enough to watch that you can put her on and explain that. Absolutely. What show's that? Backstage? Uh, backstage. Yeah, but if you do it on backstage you got to then show highlights on SmackDown because it's just a Absolutely. massively larger audience. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Javier, what, what about that topic for you? Uh, which one, the backstage? Uh, no, no, I'm sorry. Just the, the idea of, of, of acknowledging Lacey's history and giving us a reason, not even a reason, just give us the information of what led to her transformation from someone we're supposed to, who, who made us believe she was, thought we were nasty and we didn't like her. And now this history she always had, she's been a mother for years and she has been a Marine since she arrived in WWE, an expert. Why not? Why are we su- suddenly supposed to like her and I, or, or forget her past? I, I, I don't think it's asking too much to ask WWE to raise their standards to that unless you think I'm missing something and they, they did that in a, in, in a sufficient way. I, I felt that they were trying to lead into that when she was feuding with Natalia yeah, um, exactly. and, and try to get, you know, yeah. So, so I, but it, it almost felt that I, I think the Saudi Arabia show fell in between. So things started bunce, b- bouncing around because of the, I think, think they never went through with it because of the craziness that was the uh moving over to fox the saudi arabia 
Um, I would love to have gotten more of it, but it, it did seem like they were trying, they were going to, but they just jettisoned that because of, you know, other reasons. And now like, Hey, she's on a new brand. So, you know, let's yeah. go with it. Yeah. Yep. Cool. Anything else over here? Uh, no, uh, that was cool. it. Just, uh, let her, uh, tell everybody to go VIP and, uh, check out, uh, impact wrestling hits and misses on uh, PW torch and all the other content that's there. Excellent. Thanks. Uh, I'm the author, obviously. <laughs> yeah, I was about to plug that. <laughs> Although right. you could you could throw right. us a curveball, right. you could throw us a curveball and say, and I want to tell everyone check out hits and misses on NWA Power, and and pl- just like start plugging other people's, um, <laughs> um, and yeah, see if so, I catch uh, on or I'll, just. I'll send you an email, but you. Yeah. Hmm? I'm sorry. No, go ahead. You're send, you'll send me an email. I'll, 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 send, I'll send you an. Yeah, I'll, I'll send you. I'll send you. I'll send you. Send you that. Excuse me. I'll send you an email because it's possible that the fix saved my life uh, yesterday. So oh, wow. uh, I'll send you an email. Let you know about that. That what saved your life? I didn't even hear. Like literally, th- that that the fix might have saved my life. Oh, yesterday. the fix. Oh, oh like, yeah. Send me an email. I I, I need like, to know this. Like literally. So yeah, wow. I'll, 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 I'll 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 send you an email on that. All right. That's, all right. That's heavy. All right. Have a good uh, one, guys. I'll, I'll be refreshed. Yeah, Thanks. yeah. I'll... Thanks, Javier. <laughs> Every Sunday night, catch Wrestling Night in America on PWTorchDailyCast.com, hosted by me, PW Torch columnist Greg Parks. Each week, I'll welcome a co-host from the Torch family to discuss the big shows in pro wrestling, taking your calls and emails. You can listen live most weeks beginning at 8 p.m. Eastern. On Sunday nights with a WWE or Impact pay-per-view, we go on the air at the conclusion of that pay-per-view. You can listen live, but of course the full show is available for download on demand anytime shortly after it airs. Visit PWTorchDailyCast.com and click the live stream link to find the next scheduled live show link. Search PWTorch in Apple Podcasts or your podcast app to subscribe. Wrestling Night in America every Sunday, PWTorchDailyCast.com. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right. Um, so our phone number, if you want to join the conversation, 347 215 8558. That's 347-215-8558. We've got an outside correspondent who is watching the dark match, uh, or maybe it just concluded, in Fayetteville, North Carolina. Cam, uh, Fayetteville did not make the cut. Did you notice that? <laughs> Fayetteville. And it's funny. Like, Fayetteville is now, um, like, the home of one of the biggest artists in music, J. Cole. 
So you figured like they might kind of give that a, a big shout out, but <laughs> it's like that, I guess. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't even a graphic on the screen. They didn't put it, Cold didn't mention. He said earlier today here in North Carolina when he threw to the tribute to the troop stuff. So we kind of knew the region they were in um, or the yeah. state. But at the top of the show, you know, it it's just they didn't mention it. I mean, I wrote this in my report on SmackDown on PWTorch.com. Speaking of plugs, I hope people check out my live coverage of, of Raw and Dynamite and SmackDown on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday nights on our main website, PWTorch.com. Um, and... I wrote it. I wrote there. I'm like somebody actually ha- I hadn't thought of this before. There is a moment every Monday and Friday where someone in production tells the graphics person whether to put the city on the screen and tells the announcers whether they're supposed to announce the city. Like there's every week somebody's job is to convey to the people who either include the city or don't. I mean, imagine like. Yeah, don't don't mention the city this week. Yes, mention the city this week. Like that's actually something that happens every week in WWE. They decide what towns they're not embarrassed to tell the world they're par- that that they're in. It's just it's just it's so shallow. It's so I don't know. And like arbitrary North Carolina doesn't even sound cool. Like that's just somewhere outside of an IHOP. Well, I think North Carolina sounds cool, Cam. Well, no, I mean. It does as a state. I'm just being arbitrary, oh. North Carolina. Oh, gotcha. I thought you were taking a dig at the, at the whole state. So <laughs> wanted to wanted to protect our listenership there and all the yeah, all North the good Carolina. people. I got I have family in North Carolina. I'm from Southern Maryland. Well, I have family you, down there. But it's just like saying the state you're in. Like, I know. Yeah. Never just say Texas. Exactly. No, I know. Totally. Um, all right. Cool. So we'll go to seven six zero next. Seven six zero. Thanks so much for holding. Please state your name and where you're calling from. Hey, it's Rob from LA. How you doing, Dan, guys? Uh, good, Rob. Thanks for calling. Good to hear from you again. What's in your mind about SmackDown? Hey, good, good to be back. Uh, I, it was a, it was a show that happened. Um, like a lot of their stuff lately, like you could find a lot of you know negative or positive in it, depending on how you look at it. I know I'm a go-to cynical fan, but uh, <laughs> I don't know. I'm kind of nonplussed lately by a lot of the stuff. I kind of just. I'm kind of uh, taking it for what it is and kind of just taking it all in. Uh, on that note, though, it just kind of felt like they were killing a lot of time tonight. Like, did it feel mm-hmm. to you guys like they were, like, killing time during the show? Like, Sasha, like, walked out and just literally stood there for 15 seconds and then would, like, say a line, take a step, say a line. Like, it was kind of funny at points. Like, they did, like, the backstage with Elias that spilled out to the ring. I was like, man. They are stretching. Like, they wrote an hour and were like, double it. (laughs) And just, like, (laughs) doubled every segment. But um, I guess my question that I called in about was, uh, what do you guys think about Kofi and, like, this, like, firm foot in the dirt they've put down of, like, we're not going to talk about that. We think it's on our WWE podcast, like, to tell you, if you're still mad about that, that's on you. Like, (laughs) you know, like... What do you guys think? I feel like the more I see him, it just like it's kind of like a bitter taste in your mouth. Like you know, like when you drink too much like peach vodka when you're a teenager. Oh god! And now like when you taste, and now like when you <laughs> yes. taste peaches, like it just that <laughs> that you get that trigger. Comes right. Like every yes. time I see Kofi, yeah. every time I see Kofi, I just get that like raspberry vodka trigger in my. I'm just like, oh god, this <laughs> thing again. Like I forget bags. about it. Yeah. And I see it again. I just, what do you guys think? Like, I mean, they, they're clearly telling us, like, if you're still mad about that, like, you're petty, bro. Like, get over it. It's, it's like We're Mike, moving on. It's, it's like Mike Mulvaney at the podium saying it happens all the time. Just get over it. 
Get over it. Right. Uh, yeah. Right. right. It's illegal, sure. <laughs> <laughs> it's a violation of the trust of the office of being a lead babyface uh, who is part of an inspirational story, and you take fans on a long journey, and then the rug gets pulled out from under them, and they get to be made like made to feel like fools for not uh, for for caring as much as they did. Um, yeah. No. I. I'm. I, I, I'm with Rob. I can. How about you? Pretty much it in its entirety. I mean, you know, I, I there's some fascinating things about that New Day podcast that, you know, depending on like your personal history and your experience in, in the world, you can hear something and just read it a totally different way. Like when Xavier Woods says, well, when I came up, they told me I need to figure out something different because they already have a Kofi. <laughs> and you hear it and you're like... <laughs> Xavier Woods is X, Y, and Z, and he's built like this, and he wrestles like this, and he talks like this, and none of that has anything to do with Kofi Kingston. Yep. There's one thing they have in common, or two, in one of the video games. But you, you just hear it, you're like, oh, okay, well, I know what that means. I wonder if the next guy listening knows what that means. And so, you know, when Kofi gets on there and he's like, look, I'm not going to be upset. Um, this was a great thing for me, and all I can do is be positive. You're like, okay, but that's not what I have to do. Like, I don't have to, <laughs> I don't have to feel that way. Like, uh, you know, I'm a big San Antonio Spurs fan, and I didn't sleep good from the 13 finals to the 14 finals. I'm sure Tim Duncan got some great sleep. Like, I'm sure he was having, you know, his big mansion with his kids. He's feeling great, but that doesn't dictate how I feel about it. So WWE, like, wants you to feel that way, but I can't pretend – I wasn't emotionally invested. I didn't cry after a wrestling show. And then this thing happened. So, yeah, it's absolutely what they're trying to do. But I'm glad, like, that we know, you know, as a community, like, as a group of people talking on the phone right now, even, that we don't just have to not feel. Like, we can still experience that. And hopefully it's something that's eventually rectified. Hopefully. And, and I haven't heard everything he said about this. But, like, I would – is has there been any from what you guys have seen or heard? Like, hey, I love my fans and I love that they care this much. And I'm – and I'm – crushed that they're disappointed and i just you know like I, I want them to know that like i'm at peace with it and i'm really excited about what comes next and i'm grateful for the run that i had and i would have loved for it to end differently um and i'd love to still be champion and making all of you proud but i just want to let you know stuff like this happens and it doesn't take away from what a great chapter of my career it was and if it didn't end the way i wanted or the way you wanted um, let's let's move forward and and embrace and enjoy what what we're doing now and what's coming up next. I think there's a way to walk that kayfabe line and that and that behind the scenes line and and make fans not feel foolish or like they're betraying Kofi by caring so much. Has that been the tone at all uh, that you guys? Well, have he said on? what you said, but like a quarter in a quarter of the time. Like like he basically hit those points. Yeah. Essentially. Yeah. Yeah. I was gonna say if that was the tone, but. It's because it, WWE wants us to believe that Twitter is canon, right? And like we're supposed to follow their social media. When Kofi, through that whole journey of like getting to that main event and actually winning it, I mean, superstars were cut, like wrestlers, excuse me, forgive my English, wrestlers were coming out of the woodworks, like from all brands, all promotions. I met Kofi in 1992 and he was a stand up dude. Uh -huh. He deserves it like everybody. And when he lost it, 
at like we're not allowed to say anything, but like, Kofi was a great champion. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So <laughs> yeah. it's like if we're to believe that Twitter is canon, which they tell us that it is, and we should go follow all of them on Twitter, like. I, they haven't said a word about it because nobody will talk about it, which tells me that they said, don't talk about it. Aloha, Torch Faithful. This is Kelly Wells, host of PWT Talks NXT. Every Thursday, you can hear me and my gang of idiots, Tom Stout, who shares thoughts from the live tapings, and Torch recapper Nate Lindbergh, as well as a rotating cast of guests, cover the matches and events in NXT Live on USA Network. Search PW Torch in Apple Podcasts or your podcast app to subscribe, or listen on demand and see the entire PW Torch Daily Cast schedule at PWTorchDailyCast.com. Cheers! With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Uh, and, and by the way, uh, Twitter is used on a regular basis by about 22% of Americans. So, like, it, right. you can't, it's like it's like WWE backstage being uh, an, an assumed foundation, or being the elite for AEW, or or or, or uh, AEW Dark, or anything that they do outside of TNT on Wednesday nights. There should be no assumed knowledge, zero assumed knowledge. When it, how many people? What percentage of people who watch Dynamite watch New Japan? It's a tiny fraction. So, you know, I mean, it, it's a like I, I and I mean, I'm I'm guilty of it. You know, you, you, whether you're on Facebook or Twitter or you're watching something and you just assume, well, I and all my friends know who this person is or what happened in the past or uh, WWE, I think, you know, yes, they have these tremendous social media uh, influence and reach, but it should never be assumed to be part of what people bring into the program on a major, even a majority level, the vast majority of the time. Right. It, it just, but it goes to like that larger thing. I mean, I think you said it about a week and a half ago. Whether they say it or not, like they're telling us that this is not a very important pay per view. Like, yes. <laughs> regardless of how it's been, and you know, and I'm not, I, like I said, I know I'm this go to cynical fan, but like, I'm not being snarky when I say, like, they're just telling us it's not that important. Like, every three weeks, I guess this was my second and final point, like, every three weeks, we get a eight team who's the next number one contender for the tag team belt match like every three weeks wait like every three weeks like go look at your like every three weeks like it means nothing like they change the belts every six weeks and then the new contender every three weeks like in the five hours of on smackdown like tell us like a story with 
tag teams in five hours a week, 50-some-odd weeks a year. Like, could you tell us, like, any sort of reason why two tag teams would want to wrestle each other for the for the belts? It just, like, and again, I'm trying to be more positive in my old age. I'm in my <laughs> mid-30s, and things hurt now, so I'm just trying to be nicer. But, like, it just... It, <laughs> I love the revival. You can't say you're a wrestling fan and say like, "Oh, I don't like the revival." Like you can't say that. All of those teams are great wrestlers and could whoop my ass in a legit fight. But every week we watch eight of them <laughs> wrestle for the same number one contendership, and I'm like, "Come on! Like, what is this? What actually is this?" It's a shortcut for telling for planning six weeks ahead and telling a, a cohesive week to week storyline of one of those teams or two of those teams scoring some wins, rising in the ranks, and earning a logical number one contendership title shot that fans haven't had built anticipation for over the past couple of months. It's the they don't that's not what they do. They decide we have a tag team title. Uh, we have a pair of tag team titles. They need to be defended on TLC, or we're choosing to have them defended on TLC. Who's who, who how are we gonna tell the story? And they asked that question like two days ago. And so they come up with this. And they do that repeatedly. You know? I mean and they have this huge writing staff. Why can't Vince McMahon designate, hey, you know what? It's not super important to me, but it'd be better, not worse, if uh, one of you writers is kind of throwing in an idea for how we can tell a six, eight-week storyline leading up to TLC. So by the time we have that tag team title match, maybe a few people subscribe to the network or care more about the undercard and just have a feeling of more value from the time they invested in it by telling a six- or eight-week story about our tag team division that's centered around trying to earn a title shot. I don't think that's asking too much. And it has you know nothing to do with how much money Vince McMahon has in the bank or how many jobs I've held in wrestling, if you're someone who's watched wrestling, as long as I haven't seen as many promotions and promoters and all that, you you know what what gets you excited for a match. And a fatal four-way that feels like it was thrown together due to lack of planning is not A-plus booking. So, yeah, I don't think it's asking too much, Cam. And to kind of bring that all around, my favorite part of that whole match was when Corey Graves, it might have been Cole, when when he asked the New Day which team they wanted to face. And B.E. is like, I want to face the team that's the best team. Like, I want to face the team that wins this because when we faced the Usos all summer of that year, they brought us to our best, so that's what we want. And we talk about how we were watching a Fatal 4-Way that seems to always happen. The guy who was writing those promos during that time, Cause, is no longer with the company. And so it's like, you know, you, uh-huh. you get rid of the person who's giving you probably the best tag feud that you've had in 15 years. And then this that was so good. Yeah, that was so good. That was I mean, and again, that and that even speaks to my point even more. So we have seen the Usos versus the New Day. I couldn't even pick up a funny number, a number funny enough, you know, to like illustrate how many times. But those matches, that feud last, that was amazing. That that cage match was yeah. amazing. And we had seen that match it, a thousand times, yeah. and it was still amazing. Like, good wrestlers with, like, four minutes of promo time and seven minutes of match time or however you parcel it can get the fans invested. Yeah. And like you said, it doesn't even have to be for the tag titles. Like, I would right. listen to... Heavy Machinery and the Revival have an issue. Like I would listen yeah. to that, um, and even um, the Revival could at the same time have the same issues they have with the New Day with uh, 
a Gable and Mustafa Ali. Like, they're the ones who should have an issue with Olympic wrestler Chad Gable putting on goofy <laughs> Pistol Pete shorts. Like, they're the ones who don't want Mustafa Ali flipping and jumping all around the ring. Like, there's something there. And it doesn't always have to be, like you said, throw four teams together. Somebody happens to win. Let's talk about their issues. Absolutely. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, that's all I I appreciate the time, and like I said, I'm trying to be nicer, so thank you guys for giving me a, a safe space to to vent in a productive fashion. Thanks, guys. Cool. Thank you, Rob. Appreciate the call. That was not overly cynical. That was very reasonable. I give you credit. <laughs> uh, Cam, one thing I did want to bring up, uh, which we haven't yet, is the, the centerpiece of the marketing of the show. Is Roman Reigns is going to be humiliated by Baron Corbin, and uh, it, it worked out that they... I guess they had a master plan that one way or another after the match with Ziggler, win or lose. Um, they were going to storm Reigns and handcuff him to the uh, ring post and uh, uh, smear dog food, uh, poor dog food on him because he's the big dog. Oh, if you're a dog, you'll like this. Um, did that work for you? Was that kind of a, an effective heelish, heelish angle within the realm of what WWE can, can do to get heat on heels, leading to uh, fans of that baby face wanting to see him get revenge? I, 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 th- I was fine with it. I thought, I thought, it, it was kind of juvenile, but but it worked for the for the characters involved. I think everything except for the dog food was really good. Like having your heavies out there to where no matter what happens, you handcuff the guy and beat him up. Great. I thought the dog food thing was so excessive. Like there was like six cans and it was smearing it. Like you probably don't do this, but smearing the dog food in his mouth is more effective than smearing it all over his armor to me. Yes, um, like I yes. think there's a way to do that. That's pretty like actually embarrassing and uncomfortable. It makes him upset. I understand Roman Reigns saying, Hey, like you're not putting dog food in my mouth. <laughs> like we're not doing that, but, but you're also WWE to where you can slap a can of dog food on anything. Like they could have been man, which and he would have been cool. Um, but yeah, I think just, it was excessive to me at the end, but on a show built on embarrassing a guy, I think you got across what you wanted to do. You know, I just think it was it was too cute by half at the end. Yeah, yep. No, I I I, I definitely see that, and I. It, it, but you're saying just a little bit of dog food in a more toned down way that just kind of made its point a little quicker. There's humiliation, but it's just not this frenzied overboard. Absolutely, because yeah. what does he say next week? I mean, yeah, I mean, there's like a go home show, but it's like. Yeah, you you really upset me with the dog food you smeared on me. <laughs> now I'm even more upset about our yeah. TLC match, which is already announced. Like, I think if if you do that, but then I mean, you have to announce the match because you don't have enough time. Yeah. But I think if you do that and then Roman Reigns is like, all right, TLC, like you announce it at that point, then I'm like, okay, that makes a bit more sense. Yeah. But yeah. We're about to go to another commercial break. Why are you listening to commercial breaks? Why deal with these interruptions when you can become a VIP member? Support the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Podcast, Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Post Shows, the PW Torch Daily Casts, and the entire team and everything that we do, and get a ton in return for your membership by becoming a VIP member. Go to pwtorchvipinfo.com for full details, 30 plus years of archives of podcasts, retro radio shows, over 1,600 back issues of the Pro Wrestling Torch Weekly Newsletter, a fascinating march through our coverage of wrestling history, and so much more, including ad-free versions of the Wade Keller Podcast, Wade Keller Post Shows, and PW Torch Daily Casts, and several exclusive VIP podcasts just about every day, dozens of 
VIP exclusive podcast that you're not hearing because you're not a VIP member. So go VIP, pwtorchvipinfo.com. Subscribe to our VIP podcast feed and listen in a streamlined way with no interruptions to all of our podcasts. Again, that's pwtorchvipinfo.com. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, we'll go to uh, 347. Wait, 347, state your name and where you're calling from. What's up, guys? It's uh, Nick from Staten Island. Hey, Nick, good evening. A uh, couple quick points. Um, I actually, uh, since SmackDown started, I've probably watched two full episodes. Uh, I haven't really watched much. And uh, when I've gone back and watched stuff, it's just been a whole lot of fast-forwarding. For whatever reason, they really just, I don't know, they really just blew it. Like, SmackDown was supposed to change everything. It was supposed to be this the biggest money deal on the biggest network and Fox was all excited. And all of a sudden, uh, Vince was like, I'm going to send Becky and Brock to the other show. And I don't know. I feel like, uh, Fox should be pretty pissed. That's a, you know, it's a heck of a point, you know, cause when we imagined SmackDown going to Fox camp, I mean, I've been thinking, I'm thinking to myself when it, you know, that first was a thing, it's going to be Brock Lesnar Beck, uh, 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 Ronda Rousey. Those are gonna be like two tentpole stars. They'll, you know, almost for sure Roman Reigns, and who knows? You know, like they'll they'll, they'll load up the show. They'll sign somebody else. They'll have some fresh names, and it it really, really, really quickly settled into less than what it had been before the move to Fox because they got forty percent of the roster to work with, and then lost Brock Lesnar. So you know, the 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 the, the draft uh, itself by definition, gave SmackDown 40% of the roster and Raw 60% because of the three-hour format of Raw. And so you got the stripped-down roster, and you don't have Ronda, you don't have Lesnar. I, if, if you had shown me the six months ago, oh, yeah, when SmackDown's on Fox, they're going to have a short little thing with Tyson Fury and Brock. But by December, your, your top heels and faces are going to be Roman Reigns, Braun Strowman, Daniel Bryan, the Bray Wyatt, Baron Corbin, and... Uh, Bailey and Sasha, I would have been like, okay, yeah, but we're, you know, you're not, that's not it, is it? And, you know, I, I would have been, I wouldn't have believed that that's what they would put on Fox broadcast based on the hype. And uh, as, as Nick is saying, I think what Fox. Let me even for- step away from who's on the show. Um, because I, even though I agree that I might put different pieces there, there's nothing graphically special about the show. There's nothing visually special about the show. It sounds like the WWE shows we've been watching for the last five, ten years. Like that's what it sounds like. That's what it looks like. Um, like there's no extra pizzazz. It doesn't look like like there's more into the budget. So like 
regardless of who the players are, I don't think they're doing anything to differentiate from anything they've put forward. Like, it's just the same show on a a different network. Um, They're using the augmented reality graphics. Yeah, like there's there's I think that's about it. There's more depth to the to the uh to the stats graphics <laughs> like like it really is just like yeah that's not true doing anything yeah, special yeah. And, and i don't know why because like yeah. i think about what these kids do on youtube with premiere making other kids music videos and i'm just like I, this blows me away and you have you know a, a, a tens of million dollar budget to put this stuff together and there's nothing fresh or unique about it and I don't know why. It, it just seems like there could be so much effort there to where if it looks like a different wrestling show, you can always fool some people into thinking it's a different wrestling show, regardless of who's on the roster. But, yeah, it, it just feels like another show, a good show a lot of times, but just another show. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I, it's, it's the talent and it's the it's the more people be watching if it came across as as a as a bigger deal. And I think WWE very whether they intended to all along or not, they very much settled into their familiar groove. Um and I think they think it's good enough. Um, you know, and it's it's been good enough for two point three to two point six million viewers, but that's, you know, I think under under expectations and hopes, but you know, probably good enough to avoid a panic button being pushed. Uh, uh, Nick, yeah, anything else? Um so also, you know, reading into this we thought there was gonna be this wrestling boom and it hasn't happened. It's actually, uh, it's things have, it's divided fans, kind of, and it's the same amount, it seems like the same amount of fans that we had before, but now just spread out over other shows, so, like, all these other shows are a little less uh, successful, and it's like, everyone, like, went into panic mode and started giving away a huge amount of money, and it was, was like, for what? Like, uh, there wasn't this boom that we were expecting, and... If I can say something about AEW, uh, I I really like the way they've been able to like build certain things, like build certain stars. Uh, they haven't built the stars that were already stars, which were like the elite and stuff like that. And um, also, those guys aren't as cool or aren't booked as well because the best thing they had going was Japan booking. Like that's look at Kenny Omega. Yeah. He is he's a joke. Like, he's literally a joke. Like, he's corny. He's, uh, you know, his... Uh, his well, he was corny outside cool. of a win-loss record, just to, just to be clear. As good as he is, he, he's always been a cornball, Kenny Omega, but... Yeah. No, yeah, but he, but he, he, was, <laughs> he, was, he was... He was even corny in New Japan, but he was able to bring it and, like... I don't know. He just... He was winning, and they treated him like he was the biggest deal in the whole world, and that paid off. Like... That's exactly like it's one of it's one of the biggest surprises of AEW after ten weeks is that Kenny Omega is being treated uh, d- differently than than Ty Dillinger, but not not by a lot. I mean, you know, like, I mean he's wrestling on AEW Dark. Picture picture yeah. making that. No, no, I, yeah, it's. I mean, I'm. Yeah, I, they've they've and again, Kenny's like not worried about it, but I'm worried about it. I think people who have seen Kenny being featured as a star feel like he's being defined down, or that it's going to at least be a little harder to get him back up where they think he should have been by now. Whenever they decide to get around to doing it, um, you know, it, it could be a deliberate plan on AEW's part to say, "Hey, we, we, we're just gonna we, we're gonna." unveil you know our stars kind of one at a time and in six week chunks we're gonna we want kenny to be fresh and not lost in the mix when we're trying to really focus on cody and jericho and Pac and moxley i i don't sense that's been the plan but maybe in some way it it, it is and that you know in 2020 it's going to be the kenny omega show um we'll see what you know whether it's planned or not i hope it is because uh, they they 
They ought to... I think they underestimate the power that they have of framing a wrestler and how important that is, how that, you know, the second million fans who aren't familiar with him who are watching yeah, him. Yeah, and if I could just kind of... Yeah, I'm sorry. If I could, if I could piggyback on the, on the back of that. Um, you know, I think they've done a better job with Cody, but with Omega and the Bucks, I, I just think that, you know, they were so worried about a pushback from them pushing themselves. Um that you know they kind of decided to tell a story where they had to fight from underneath or they were distracted by other things and i, I just don't like it like that you you've been the biggest deal in the world you're touted as the very best in the world when these conversations come up about the very best tag teams in the world it's four teams it's it's lucha brothers it's revival it's usos and it's the bucks and so i i think that you have to present yourself like that even if you know, you're, you're worried about what people might say. I think you have to keep that narrative going. The same thing with Omega. Like, Omega losing matches out the gate shocked me. Um, I just think that, you know, he's been wrestler of the year in a bunch of different people's books for, you know, the last three, four years. There's no reason to stop riding that wave. And they're trying to do a whole lot of character when they could just be doing winning. Like, like AEW splitting uh, yep. 1.7 million fans with NXT every week is also not what I saw coming. You know, with, with what I thought was going to be a boom. Um, even though both shows were up last week, it's good. But yeah. yeah, you treat your big stars like they're big stars, and I think that really helps. And it's probably more like 1.4, 1.5. You know, 1.4, 1.5 million because people who Jump watch back. both shows are counted yeah. as are watching both shows. So you know, there's you know 50,000 50, people bouncing back and forth, and they're not all the same people. So you know, you knock 100, 200, 300,000 off of that over the course of two hours. But a- absolutely, Kenny Omega could have been in a feud with with Pentagon Junior that would establish Pentagon Junior and Phoenix's heels. It would have been a dazzling feud with a with a match of the year payoff. And instead, they had you know the Kenny and maybe and again that that darn you know Moxley Mursa you know delaying things might be this X factor that they just didn't handle particularly well. Like, oh God, well we got to wait for our first pay per view to do the match. We can only tell so many so much of that story that we already told, and so we'll just kind of wait. But now here we are, post full gear, and what do we get with Kenny? It's not like they had this this thing ready to go that would have started two months earlier, if not for the delay in that match. So yeah, I'm uh, Kenny still can be a, a centerpiece star who's a difference maker. But but Nick, you're right. I mean Kenny. People who saw Kenny Omega in the best light in New Japan saw him and Moxley had he been used better out of the gate. Um, and I still think he was used poorly out of the gate. Um, those two, I think, were when people looked in, in August and September and said, how are we going to expand the wrestling audience come October? I think people pointed at Kenny and Moxley. Moxley in a new environment with the WWE Shield exposure and push and the shock of seeing him on a different show and the credibility it would give it on week one coming out with that mission statement and a big angle. And then Kenny Omega, who so many fans hadn't discovered yet, and some had only seen him you know, here and there on the internet in a big match, and they'd get to know him on a week-to-week basis, and there'd be that, that week-to-week storyline. I absolutely think that's what could have expanded the wrestling audience more than, with all due respect, Cody and the Bucks and Cody and Jericho, you know, and, and they've been good. And I mean, there's it's it's a credit to AW. They're standing up to NXT that first week, uh, you know, difference and uh, crushing defeat of NXT aside. They're against this behemoth, this monolith of WWE with cross promotion and guest stars and Finn Balor. So it's not like it's a failure, but you're right, Nick, in terms of expanding the audience and those laps fans going Oh, I, I can't even get enough of the top stars in AEW. Um, instead, they haven't been given enough to to even get to know who some of them yep. are. And uh, just my last point is, um, 
like you said, they they were worried about uh, what fans thought about them uh, booking themselves stronger, and they didn't want to do that. Which I, is, I guess, is a like a good way to think. I mean, it's very different from the wrestlers of uh, past. Um, but like you were catering to this kind of niche audience when you could have built so much more like uh and the, the the niche audience i don't think they would have been too upset about it because they loved it before when you did it and also um you brought up john moxley his short stint in japan was great like he was he was cutting these promos after the g1 he was getting a, his uh young boy over yeah. shooter and it was hilarious he got that guy over before leaving he uh, uh-huh. was yep. again Japan booking. They just they're they're smart. They're uh who books Gato? That guy's a genius. Black Tights Moxley is my favorite Moxley <laughs> of of the last five, six, seven years I've seen him. Comes out there in, in black tights and just goes about his business. Like Anarchy Moxley is a lot of people's guy. He's not my guy. But but yeah, I love love this yeah. stuff in Japan during the G one. Loved it. Yeah. Thanks for all the content win and uh go VIP. Cool. It's, uh, I think I'm going on like four years, five years. It's uh Best money I've spent. One of one of my Nick, best thank you. I appreciate it sincerely. Thanks for supporting. And now I'm having <laughs> Awesome. Thank you, Nick. PW Torch VIPinfo.com. I, I I mean I'm really glad Nick called and brought that up. For Fox on SmackDown, for for AEW and Wednesday nights, the way to expand the wrestling audience more than cross promotion um, and whatever else is new stars. New stars expand wrestling. And there's a lot of things that can maintain or incrementally, you can incrementally grow ratings, get people to watch once every two or three or four weeks for a half hour here and there. You can get them watching every week for two hours. That That's a goal, and you can do that with the audience you have. But to expand in, in a significant way, when 1.4 million people, and plus replay and, every, and, and online and all that, when Dynamite started, there was a chance to expand the audience by just overwhelming people with three, four, five, six more new stars than they did and get people excited about them. And it's been too slow of a build. It's been a slow simmer with the heat increasing a little bit over time, but not enough. And I I, I, I think we'll look back, and I think even people who don't agree with what I'm saying and, and what Nick and Cam, you guys are saying, is I, I think in time people look back and say, yeah, you know, it, it ultimately was a missed opportunity to expand the audience when people were really geared up and excited. I think some people are, are liking what they're seeing, but it, it hasn't been um, – it, it does feel like it's everyone who was here yeah. just sort of reshuffled what they watch. Yeah. All right, cool. We'll uh, go to our on-site correspondent who's ready for us, and then we'll uh, answer some mailbag questions. If you're listening to our live stream and want to contribute thoughts on anything we've talked about here, Wade Keller podcast at PWTorch.com. Searching for more great pro wrestling talk? Then join me, Jason Powell, host of the free weekly Pro Wrestling Boom podcast, each week, you'll hear the latest news and analysis from me and my team at ProWrestling.net along with other Pro Wrestling Media members. Plus, the Pro Wrestling Boom podcast features long-form interviews with notable names in the pro wrestling industry. Subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Downcast, and all your favorite secondary apps, or visit us directly at PWBoom.com. Once again, that's PWBoom.com. All right, we are back with our on-site correspondent who attended in a mystery city. SmackDown tonight in a mystery city. We did hear it was in North Carolina. Smitty, can you tell us what city SmackDown took place in since they didn't tell us tonight? Or at least I didn't see or hear it. 
If I missed it, it was uh, it was quick and brief and not at the top of the show. It was in Fayetteville, North Carolina, and I'm pretty sure Big E said it when he came out, if I'm not mistaken. That's right. Big E always saves the day when it comes to that, if he gets his ring entrance. <laughs> no graphic on the screen, no Michael Cole saying it during introduction like he did last week. Um, and they were, what were they, Lexington, Kentucky last week? Am I remembering right? I think so. Yeah, so I don't know. And, and just want to let you know, Smitty, WWE thinks Lexington is a, uh, a bigger deal and, and, and more important than, uh, than Fayetteville. I don't know how that affects you if it does at all. Well, which is surprising because originally oh, this show was, it was Birmingham. back around Labor Day. It was originally advertised as tribute to the troops. Oh, cool. Okay. Well, we got because a little bit. Fayetteville is right outside of Fort Bragg. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. And, and uh, by the way, I got it wrong. I want to quickly insert a question. Birmingham, Alabama. I don't know if that makes it better or worse, but Birmingham, Alabama is where they were last week. Wait, they didn't announce Birmingham? They did. Oh, about to say, well, you know, Vince has oh. an MLK picture on his wall, so they yeah. weren't not going to say Birmingham. Yeah, no, that virtual billboard on the screen at the start of the show last week had the city name Birmingham, Alabama on it. And Cole said they were, were at Legacy Arena in Birmingham. I made note of it in my report. Like, I was like, wow, they're really, they're, they're owning that they're in Birmingham. So, I, I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's, yes, it's a little bit of an ongoing, on running, ongoing gag I run, you know, but I also, like, I do, I do say it with some seriousness that I think it's small of them to act like they're ashamed to be in certain parts of the country because people in New York and LA will think, what are they doing in Fayetteville? So, <laughs> anyway, Smitty, I interrupted you. Go ahead. Uh, tribute to the trips, you were saying. That originally around Labor Day, that's what it was advertised as. It was going to be tribute to the troops on an, as a network special. Wow. And obviously that didn't happen. Well, let me ask, um, before you get into it, did you see in the arena any of the tribute to the troops stuff that we saw? Yep. Every, well, every commercial break on the screen, it was something to do with the troops. And they recently visited Camp Lejeune, and they were going through a lot of superstars that were there. Okay. Yeah, we saw the same thing. So okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. Dif- different tweets and whatnot. Um, actually, we saw a video package. We like, we, well, there were tweets in the graphic as well, but it was them, okay. you know, the Braun picking guys up and people taking pictures with them and stuff like that. So yeah. Yeah, uh, we seen the same thing. And then a lot with the uh, the Lacey Evans promo seemed heavily on the military side. So I was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe that had something to do with it. So, uh, uh, Smitty, what was the uh, attendance like tonight? The attendance actually, I was very surprised. It was. I would almost say a full house. The Crown Complex capacity is 10,000. With the stage blocking off probably about 2,000, I'd say there's probably easily 6,500, 7,000 people in there. Oh, cool, cool. So uh, how would you rate their uh, enthusiasm for the product start to finish? Did it go up and down, or was it kind of mild? Or I didn't, I didn't get a sense on TV. It was, like in a, it was on either extreme. It seemed like just a, a solid crowd. It was a pretty solid crowd right until we hit 205 Live. Well, that that happens. <laughs> that yeah. happens a lot, yeah. <laughs> uh, um, so, uh, what? Uh, speaking of two hundred five live, any highlights? I mean, I know you're noting the crowd wasn't into it, but um, anything noteworthy on two hundred five live this week for people to look forward to when that streams? Uh, Leo Rush. The only thing Leo Rush they announced him as the NXT Cruiserweight Champion, which was kind of weird hearing that. For the, I don't know if that's something new or he wasn't the Cruiserweight Champion. They announced him as the NXT Cruiserweight Champion. Yeah. Yeah, they changed that. They, they did yeah. that back in September, October, um, to kind of okay. without a lot of pomp and circumstance. Other than that, I mean, nothing to write home about. It was it was okay, but it's it's almost brutal. The whole place is just waiting for the dark match. But I understand they have to fill the seats. Yeah. So how many people left? Like what percentage of the crowd stayed or left? It was a mass exodus. It was it was a large amount. Like a third left or two thirds. 
easily probably uh, two thirds. Wow, wow! So, what was yeah, the dark was... match that was tempting people to uh, to 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 uh, grind it, put grind their way through two hundred five live? The Miz versus the Fiend. Oh, okay. That's right. And, and had they advertised that going into tonight? The advertised dark match was Bray versus Daniel Bryan. Oh, okay. Well, Daniel's missing, so we can't blame WWE for that. He just disappeared. Yes, and there was quite a bit of the Miz. We got a <laughs> large serving of the Miz. Well, before I get into the dark match, did you sense uh, fans were okay with not seeing Daniel Bryan, considering he was overtly advertised and then last week was a big angle? I, I assume some people in that building were there because they wanted to see what happened with Daniel Bryan, and, and they got nothing but just a reference and some highlights. During Miz TV, when those yes chants got going, the whole place was doing it. I can admit I was on my feet doing it, and it felt pretty good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so, yeah, talk about how Miz Fiend went. How, how long did it last? What kind of crowd reaction did the Fiend get? Were they cheering him or booing him? Uh, Miz Fiend went four minutes, just your usual. Uh, Miz hit him with two uh, skull-crushing finales, stood right up, mandible claw. That was it. How, what was the reaction and, like? And actually, the, the note I took was they actually uh, they left the red lights on the whole time, too, just like it was a TV or pay-per-view match. Oh, okay. How did the crowd react to Miz and Fiend coming out? Were they very pro-Miz, anti-Fiend, or was it mixed, or did they people just treat the Fiend as a star and cheer him? I think they did a pretty good job uh, telling that story throughout the show about the family and that and whatnot. It was kind of a... They got a lot of people on the Miz's side. A lot of cheers for the Miz, but a whole lot of people still just pro-Fiend. Interesting. So I would say that we talked about this earlier in the show, Smitty, but tonight seemed that it, it was WWE saying, we're going all in with trying to get you to boo the Fiend, and we're going to try to take away some of that, that the novelty cheers or you know whatever, however, however you would c- categorize the reasons for fans popping for and cheering for the Fiend. That got extinguished a bit with tonight's angles. Definitely a good job doing that because I, I do think they got a lot of people on the Miz's side, babyface-wise, but they're still such a – the people that stayed stayed to see The Fiend live. Uh, okay, cool. So uh, after when how the was it just domination by The Fiend and then a Sister Abigail and then he left? The Fiend came out and he uh, kind of turned his back to The Miz and opened his arms to the crowd and did like the – just his open arms in the air and then The Miz jumped him. He, that was the only offense The Miz really got. He hit him with those two skull crushing finales. He stood up, mm. and he hit him with the sister Abigail, and then the the man of claw ended it. Now, do you think Miz had time to rush home and protect his family, and then rush back to Fayetteville for the match, or did he decide not to rush home to his family and wait till he got beat up by the Fiend before returning home? I'm assuming there might have been a weather delay at the airport, <laughs> or something happened, and. <laughs> Yeah, I'm like he's supposed to rush home to see his wife, and he hangs around for 205 live. Yeah, <laughs> to get beat up. It was, yeah, it was a lot of Miz, a whole lot of Miz tonight. Uh, Cam, jump on in with some uh, some questions about uh, tonight's SmackDown for Smitty. So, in listening um, last couple of weeks, and then listening tonight, I was telling Wade earlier. It seems like they've done. I wouldn't even say a full 180 because I don't think everything was bad, but the Roman Reigns reclamation project is what I call it. They seem to be there. He seems to be getting an overwhelmingly positive reaction. People like the things that he does. Is that the same feeling that you get in the building? Am I overstating it, understating it? What do you, what do you think? You're right on the money. Uh, there was plenty of let's go Roman Reigns the whole time. Even though I thought that was kind of a sleeper match with a lot of rest holds, that yeah. – 
that crowd was into Roman and let's go. A lot of women, a lot of children, but it, it was it started overwhelmingly. Let's go Roman, and then the uh, the handcuffs, dog food. That was I guess that's kind of a little silly, but it was I mean something different I guess. But that crowd was into Roman. I was surprised. And did the, did they lose a the crowd during the match, or did this crowd kind of stick with it, even though, as you said, quite a bit of uh, you know grinding mat work by by Dolph? Just I mean, just the, the chin. I, I was wondering when the chin locks were going to end. Yeah. It felt like so. A caller had mentioned earlier, oh, Smitty. Ahead, it, it, yeah, a caller had mentioned earlier. It felt like there was a lot of filler on this show. That they had, you know, an hour, hour and a half show and had to stretch it to two hours. And it didn't jump out that way to me too much until we got to this match and ring entrances beginning with I think over a half hour left in the show, and and then the match beginning with about twenty five minutes left. And I'm like, they're really going to give us like a, a twenty minute. Rain Ziegler match it ended up being only fifth. I think only around fifteen because they did the angle at the end. But it, it it felt like even the length of the main event at fifteen minutes was seven minutes of material with eight minutes of filler. Yes, that's the first thing I did was look at my watch and that match started, and I was like, "Well, uh, there's nothing else to advertise. This must be it." Did that match go to commercial? I'm guessing it had to have twice. Oh yeah, yeah. You guys didn't miss much then because it was really just laying down and. That was about it the whole time. And we saw plenty of the laying down. <laughs> so. Yeah, let me ask this really quick. So, uh, Mikey, you talked about the Sasha Lacey promo. So when Sasha came out uh, um, and told Lacey to stay in the ring, it went to commercial break. What happened the next three minutes? Sasha left, and then the place got dark, and Lacey was just in the ring. And then you could tell they were coming back from commercial, and she came back out. <laughs> Which was kind of awkward. I, I thought they were about to have a match because the referee stayed out there the whole time, and that was it. Wow. <laughs> and then they had the, the local competitor who was just laying on the ground the whole time. They never announced her name. I don't know who that was. Yeah, Cole said it in passing on, on, on TV. Okay. Um, I can't remember, but Haley Jones. I think. <laughs> Yeah, weird. So, um, but we'll talk talk about the crowd reaction to Lacey Evans bringing up, um, you know, d- defending her her parenting, um, and and in and lashing out at Sasha for bringing up her daughter, and at least she didn't call her Baron. And then, um, <laughs> and then uh, the the, uh, the the Marines references and the idea that you know I think most people went to the building today thinking Lacey Evans was someone worth booing based on the 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 bulk of what they've seen of her the last couple months with little hints here and there that that she was starting to go a different direction how did they react initially and and was that sort of almost like with the fiend too by the end did it seem like they had won the crowd over well the only thing with that was i think that promo would have been fun but it was just a match before that was completely dead and quiet and then sasha came out that was kind of exciting the promo was okay i guess they're just trying to switch it real quick and real fast but I would say they kind of got behind her, but the match was just such a dud. It was like people were looking forward to what was next. Huh? And then once yeah. Bailey jumped her from behind, I mean, that was kind of exciting. So Lacey wasn't booed or cheered coming out? It was just sort of flat when she came out for the well, match? Well, I mean, it, it's a military town, so a lot of the military references, even you know, a lot of people that casual fans were just getting behind that alone, so she wasn't going to get booed. Yeah, yeah. It was a good city to do this in if they were going to do it for that reason. Oh, definitely. That's why I was, I, I've never heard her use that I, in passing, but I, I think she said it three times, and that's where I was like, okay, they're, they're really pouring that on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> when you download and listen to the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling post shows, we get right into the analysis of what happened. If you want to get a foundation of what happened if you didn't watch the show or a sneak peek at what I thought of the show, 
Check out PWTorch.com where I cover Raw, AEW, or NXT, and SmackDown on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday nights. I'm updating my reports every few minutes during the program, so whether you're watching or not, check out PWTorch.com and hit refresh during the shows or catch up after the shows are completed. Same thing, by the way, for WWE pay-per-views. That's PWTorch.com. Read the results, full details of what happened, and my analysis of the segments in the show. That's PWTorch.com. Cool. Go ahead, Cam. Um, you know, what I noticed, um, you talked about how they seem to be doing a lot of filler. Like, that first hour had two matches. Of course, you had the theme promo at the end, but that first hour had two, mas- two matches. So, do you think that this is a show that would have benefited from, and I mean, when I say show, I mean the night. Would this have been a good night to run 205 Live first and then have your show? Because it seems like that would have been that excitement to get things off the ground. I guess the only thing with that is I guess you'd have to say at 7 o'clock, 205 would start. Mm. And I guess they're just maybe worried about what kind of crowd. But, I mean, we got to the building probably around 7 o'clock, and it was maybe half full. So either way, you're, you're looking at a half full building. Yeah. And this I is would definitely, definitely go with that first. Yeah. I don't think – I mean, the setup time for 205 Live is like 30 seconds, right? I mean, by the time SmackDown ends, Smitty, they got 205 Live ready to go in a, like a minute. Oh, I have uh, – I mean, they, I think Roman was getting unhandcuffed and everything went orange and purple. So so I say that because why not just record half of 205 Live roughly before SmackDown instead of a dark match and then record the last half hour after SmackDown. It doesn't have to even be a whole half hour because it's, you know, it's a one-hour show. You can do 22, 23 minutes um, before, 22, 23 minutes after. If one match is going to go long, maybe, you know, the pre-show's 20, 20, 28 minutes and afterwards you only do one match and it goes 20 minutes. But you can get your hour and then the dark match comes sooner, but you're only asking people to get there at the same time. You're just displacing a dark match. That seems like it would be a... a, a workable solution if they don't worry about airing the whole thing live and that seems to be something they could stitch together and put on the network with a fast turnaround yes and i think you'd have a lot more energy in that building yeah yeah um yeah go ahead cam um i guess the only other thing that i really have um that you talked about uh we talked about the tag situation and it being, and this was earlier, about having a fatal four-way and then kind of, you know, running that, you know, into the dirt without having real contenders. Was there any disappointment um, in not getting to see the New Day wrestle? Like, I'm still wondering the reaction to, you know, former WWE champ Kofi Kingston, who was the face of SmackDown for a while, not really being, you know, featured. And then, like, even when he is in the main events, um, it's a tag match, and you just don't get him at all. Like, if not him, did you hear anybody talk about who they were disappointed not to see? No, that um, the, probably Daniel Bryan is the main one, but there was a lot of New Day support, a lot of New Day support. And I really thought they did a, a really great job in that tag team match. And uh, before they went, before they came back live, Greg Hamilton got on there, and he told everybody about the match that was coming up, and he explained the rules. Then when they came back to TV, he did it again. So you had a clear understanding of what was about to happen. I, I kind of enjoyed that because I had a feeling sometimes they, they just go into la-la land and you really don't know what's going on in those fatal four ways, elimination, this and that. Who did you say explained that? <laughs> Sir? 
Who? What did you say? I said Greg Hamilton. Oh, Greg Hamilton. Oh, okay. That's what I said. Yep, yep. Cool. Um, uh, what? How did the uh, the Elias Dana uh, Drake Maverick angle go over? Uh, by the end, I I didn't know. I, it, it seemed like the fans were confused and not really as entertained as maybe the people who wrote the skit thought they'd be. He spanked a grown man, Wade. <laughs> put a grown man over his leg Whoa. and spanked him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> in the ring, it went over way better, of course, live in front of everybody. When they were doing the backstage angle, it was kind of like everybody was like, who is that? Who's who's the girl? Not you know, I, She doesn't get a lot of TV time, Dana Brooke. And then I guess they're playing off the uh, her and Batista. Mm-hmm. And then I guess you bring up Batista's name, and I'll, a lot of people are, well, where's Batista? And then the guy with the guitar comes and... And then, Next thing you know, he's holding, he's holding Drake Maverick, and he's swinging his arms around. And <laughs> I would, I would think, if you're Dana and you want to go on a date with Batista, maybe don't start look seeming like you're romantically interested in Elias on live television. <laughs> Even Corey Graves brought that up. That was a little, little weird. So you're, saying, you're oh, okay. but you're saying that the the spanking and all that got over with the live crowd. You thought that they enjoyed that? It seemed like it was just a you know a kind of a let up moment. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I watch awesome. it on TV. I, 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 it seemed like the crowd is more bewildered than than uh, than delighted by by the the humor of Vince McMahon and, and the writers. But uh, if, I, if I was at if I was at home watching that, I'd probably be looking on my phone. I'm sure. <laughs> well, <laughs> sadly, that's true for for a lot of people about everything, you know. But yeah, yeah, exactly. You know what how good something is. Um, cool, cool. Um, anything else that you uh, observe from being there live that that you think did come across on TV? I did take quite a few notes if you want me to jump into a few of them real quick. Yeah, yeah, for sure. The opening match was Carmella going over to Mina in about six minutes. How how the crowd rate to that? Yeah, I mean, it was the first match of the night, and uh, I think Carmelo had done a radio interview earlier in the day. So, yeah, probably a lot, a lot of people into that. And I th- I, it was a pretty popular radio station, so a lot of people were into that. Yeah, cool. And the crowd reactions, um, Alexa Bliss got a huge reaction. Mm. And uh, I would I would say uh, Bray Wyatt was right there with her, of course. And then, believe it or not, Otis. Otis <laughs> they they, they love him. He's great. Yeah. They really do love they him. Otis. <laughs> yep. A whole, uh, well, this is North Carolina, so a whole lot of wooing all night long. The woos never stopped. That doesn't shock me in North Carolina. No, no question no. about that. <laughs> And the sign of the night, I saw a sign that says, The Fiend Needs Jesus. That was pretty good. <laughs> yeah. I love it. And there was another sign. That, this is a kind of a crazy moment. I watched this develop. I don't know what sign it was. You guys might have seen it. I'm sure it had to be on TV because they took it away. The director, a uh, young African-American man, I've seen him on TV plenty. He's, he's got to be the floor director. He is very athletic. He ran and jumped over the barricade like a, a hurdle. And sprinted around the like the hockey rink, sprinted around the bowl, grabbed the sign, and ran off back to uh, during commercial back to his position. Wow! I, kn- I know you're talking about. It's the, it's the guy they caught gazing at Bailey on, on TV one time. <laughs> hey, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, Bless he has, yeah, he has the glasses. He's a young guy, kind of in shape. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he he is fast, and boy, he was and he snatched that sign and was gone. <laughs> Funny. <laughs> And um, during, uh, during Roman's comeback, I looked up on the ramp, and about as soon as his comeback started, you could see all of the uh, King, well, I call it the Macho King throne. 
They brought the throne out and sat it on the stage, and Corbin was actually sitting there for about two minutes before his music hit. Mm. So, I mean, cool. I guess that's a lot to get ready before it happens. Yes. <laughs> you want to be prepared. Get everyone, uh, everyone has to do their stretches before they lift with their knees, not with their back. Yeah. <laughs> and the only other thing with the dog food, and then I've been hearing rumors about a dog collar match. So I don't know if they're really leaning on the dog thing, if they're oh going to go there. Goodness. They're advertising uh, for TLC, a, a TLC match. So um, I don't know. It could, be a, it could be tables, ladders, and collars. It's not funny, Wade. It's not funny. I hate that I laugh. It's not funny. Well, if it means anything to you, Cam, I'm I'm delighted that you laughed. I'm I'm very happy. I'm very pleased that you laughed. <laughs> anyway, um, cool. Uh, anything else, Minnie? In your notes? That's it. Cool. Those are. I'm glad. I'm glad you got those in. Uh, Smitty, thanks for your time. Appreciate it. Glad you had a good time hey, today. Thanks a lot. No problem. I appreciate it, guys. You bet. Harley, remember the days when women's wrestling matches were relegated to the mid-card dumping ground and treated like a glorified intermission? You mean the era when it was only men in the top spots in the main events, getting the biggest matches every night? Yeah. Hmm. Vaguely. Seriously, while we might have a long way to go, we really have come a long way, baby. And that's why we started Grit and Glitter a podcast covering the best in the world of women's wrestling. From the horsewomen of WWE to the goddesses of stardom and everyone in between. Each Tuesday, Emily, myself, and our team of guest correspondents talk the best matches and the biggest news in women's wrestling. Plus, interviews, deep dives, and discussions about everything from media representation to gear to women in behind-the-scenes roles. Just search PW Torch in the podcast app of your choice to subscribe or listen on demand and see the entire PW Torch DailyCast schedule at pwtorchdailycast.com. Terriers, Labradors, and Collars. Stop it. You had one. Don't do this. I know. I know. I'm just do, I'm doing it. to. Just. Um, so, uh, Cam, talk about your uh, podcast and social media plugs. Actually, your podcasts and media plugs. Sure. So I am one third of the Pro Wrestling Torch East Coast cast. Travis Bryant, Rich Fan, and myself. I think you're more like 40 um, percent, but that keep that between us. I, I will. <laughs> I'm definitely going to tell both of them as soon as we get off and let them decide over who's 30 or they're both 30. So, no, um, no. Someone else, someone's 25, someone's 35. Oh, wow. There we go. Yeah. Um, yeah. One third of the uh, Pro Wrestling Torch East Coast cast. <laughs> um, we are a live show. We take calls every every Wednesday at 6.30 Eastern, 5.30 Central at eastcoastcast.com. Taking your calls, emails, voicemails, talking about the week in wrestling. We go right into the start of NXT and AEW. And the puppies came in. Okay. So, um, outside <laughs> perfect of timing. that. I, perfect yeah, right? Actually, outside perfect timing would have been like two minutes ago. But Yeah, it's, they can be in the Terriers, Labradors, and Chihuahuas. There we go. Yeah. Um, yeah, I am the host of the South Congress podcast. Um, runs weekly, every Monday, 8 a.m. Eastern. 
7 a.m. Central. And it's kind of a special thing coming up, Wade. Um, next Sunday will be my 34th birthday. And so we're doing our first live show on the 14th at the Texas Toy Museum in downtown Austin, Texas. That's going to be really fun. Awesome. Uh, been planning this for a long time, and Travis is going to be a part of it, and my co-host, Peanut, will be a part of it. Um, having a big party. It should be a really good time. If um, it's the last time you guys ever hear me again, we had too good of a time. We're going to try to <laughs> that. Um, but yeah, so that's coming up. And then um, just this last week, I wrote a 2,000-word editorial on NWA Power and their handling, mishandling, really, of the Jim Cornette situation. I wrote that for Fanside. It's Daily DDT. Um, gotten a lot of reactions from that, Wade. Um, I'm starting to get a small sampling mm. of what you go through <laughs> with this wrestling media thing. There's been some ups and there's been some downs. Yeah. I'm still really adjusting to, to how I confront some of the negative commentary, but I'm getting better. So, yeah, yeah um, doing a little bit of everything, doing as much as we can right now. But it's it's all to the good. It's all to the benefit of the people it should benefit. So, yeah. Cool. Cool. All right. Let's uh, let's answer some mailbag questions and uh, see what people had to say about this. Um, th- this subject line jumped out. Rob from LA emailed and he says, "Mandy Rose, a short blonde fitness model, yelling that Alexa Bliss, a short blonde fitness model, will never look like me." Bravo, WWE. Bravo. Also, I should note I'm typing this while sadistically ripping a fake mustache off, or as Michael Cole put it, ripping it right off out of my face. Lastly, the sentence Drake got spanked over Elias's knee is a sentence that writers doing recaps across the country will have to type tonight, and I'm here for it. Um, what do you think of the ripping off of Alexa Bliss's eyelashes? And then what do you think of the Mandy Rose thing of yelling at all her opponents, you'll never, you'll never look like me? So I glanced away for a second, <laughs> but did see that she pulled something from her. So I assumed it was an extension from her hair. And my comment was, I've never seen two white women pull each, pull each other's tracks out. That's amazing. Um, <laughs> but, like, it is crazy to see the zoom in of her pulling off a fake eyelash. Like, it's so meta in that you're trying to adjust the look that's being created for her. And to do it to Alexa Bliss is so weird because they're kind of built to be similar. Um, even though like, I, I do think that there is a big difference in Alexa Bliss being more, you know, the Harley Quinn-esque character, but in a, a company that historically has favored, uh, you know, kind of tan blondes, it's weird for her to say that to her. I think that that functions much better with somebody who doesn't share a similar archetype. But it was, yeah, her pulling the eyelash off, like – watching wrestling where people get dropped on their heads all the time and Bray Wyatt wants to attack your family. This was the thing that made me uncomfortable. Like, that's creepy. <laughs> I'm never going to, like, complain about having to shave again. It's like, if you know, with women having to go through that and uh, yeah, just tearing it off, I, like, I, it just, yeah, I, I'm, I can't put eye drops in, much less whatever that takes in terms they of are, building up special Ugh. women are special indeed it's that's, that's a lot of oh, a lot of a lot of upkeep that they voluntarily do those are those are tough characters yeah yeah all right uh jb says hey waiting cam i didn't catch most of smackdown tonight as i was out getting a christmas tree with friends when we returned home it was on in the background for my dvr recording i held two arms full of the tree and couldn't change the channel and my non-wrestling fan friends looked on dumbfounded as Baron Corbin smeared dog food in Roman Reigns' beard and shouted, Eat up, big dog. 
This is why ad rates are so horrible for wrestling. Just don't get how WWE is literally getting $1 billion from Fox and getting this deal renewed is the most important financial arrangement by far in the history of the company, and dog food is what we get. Just baffling. NXT is paying WWE a penny for every dollar they get from Fox, and the quality is so night and day different. Not really a question, I suppose, but more of an observation. Uh, P.S. I put together a few hours of Ikea furniture today while listening to the extended Bruce Mitchell mailbag in the fix with Todd Martin and had a blast. PW Torch VIP membership is easiest, easily the purchased. Uh, I just messed up the plug. PW Torch VIP is the easiest purchase of the month for me. Go VIP. Thanks, JB. Appreciate it. I always, I always like to hear what people are doing when they listen to uh, to the podcast. It's a, it's a diverse mix of uh, of life activities. Um, yeah, I mean, I would not have wanted my friends to walk in on the the big dog getting dog food poured on his head and being smeared in it. Um, yeah, I, it's a it's a good anecdote, Cam. And in one of the, I mean, he's right. I mean, it is one of those things where you know it it, it does. Even if in a, if if you know, I'm watching it going, ah, I can see you know the Roman people have been cheering Roman Reigns all along, going, ah, they shouldn't be doing that to Roman, and you know, it gets it's you know their their visual humiliation of Roman that they promised. If you're a wrestling fan, you kind of you know you might not like it, you might think it's dumb, but you kind it doesn't have the same effect that a non-fan walking in on it goes. I mean, that is one of the more embarrassing moments when you're a fan, and the most embarrassing thing happens to be on TV in front of non-fans. Absolutely, it'll, it'll take you out of everything because you do feel like you have to explain what they're seeing, and then as you kind of say it aloud, you're like, "Wow, this is pretty silly," and I've accepted this as, as a part of almost my religion. Um, yeah, I'm embarrassed. But I think this functions better if they don't do the actual big dog in the costume before that to kind of play it. I would like Corbin to be serious the whole time. And I do think he can get across, oh, you're the big dog, you're the big dog. Well, here's something for the big dog. And then it'd be, again, a can of dog food smeared in the guy's mouth, yeah. not all over his body. Um, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, Stevie says, I watched two whole hours of this show. And no Daniel Bryan. Am I wrong, or couldn't they have just left the opening segment off the show if he wasn't going to make an appearance tonight? This feels like a cheap bait-and-switch to me. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't think WWE overtly advertised... Well, they did to the live fans. you know. That, but how could they know when they started advertising that match that Bray would pull him out of the ring and Bryan would go missing, right? I guess that's the kayfabe excuse for it. Um, but I, I think you had to do a follow-up to what happened last week, and... That follow-up was no one's seen Brian for a week, and then the awkwardness of not seeming to care as much as they probably should that he's gone missing. Uh, but, of course, people tuned in hoping, expecting to see what happened to Brian's hair and how, how Brian was doing and how he'd respond. But they clearly pivoted to, to The Miz, and now, you know, I don't expect to see – I don't expect to see Brian next week. I could see him showing up at TLC and, you know, trying to get a big surprise pop – but at, at the same time, I don't think that's going to lead to Miz beating the Fiend to become Universal Champion. I don't think the doubt. I don't think there's any doubt that Miz won't. Well, I shouldn't say that. I've been surprised before. I was surprised when JBL became champion. You know, I mean, there's sometimes you're surprised by who they give the belt to. But I, I'd be quite surprised if if uh, Brian's interference led to Miz getting the title. So I don't really know. Uh, when when do you expect to see Brian show up? And, and do you think this qualifies as a bait and switch? I don't think it's a bait and switch uh, because, like we talked about at the beginning of the show, I think it's too soon to run that match back. Um, I, I, 
I actually like the idea of somebody else, you know, being thrust into a title match that soon and letting this thing build, especially because of who the two characters are. Um, again, I thought it made more sense for him to show up on SmackDown, but I do think that because this is kind of a fill-in match, Daniel Bryan showing up and with a different look at the end of that match, taking it to the Fiend, I think that can be very effective. Um, so yeah, to me, it's not a cop out just because I think I want this thing to play out longer and I don't want it to be the summer of Baron Corbin versus Seth Rollins. If you're a wrestling fan, you're a fan of a good story. And if you're looking for a good story, look no further than stories of your and yours. I'm Sean Ennis. And on every episode of stories of your and yours, I narrate a classic or listener submitted short story, adding music and sound effects to bring the story new flavor. I featured authors such as Edgar Allan Poe, Kurt Vonnegut, Ray Bradbury, Mark Twain, and many more. So don't wait any longer. Download Stories of Yore, that's Y-O-R-E, and yours, that's Y-O-U-R-S, today. And if you want to hear clips and get more information, you can find the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, at S-Y-Y Podcast. That's Stories of Yore and Yours, available wherever you get your podcasts. All right, uh, let's see. Andrew emailed about the uh, the dog food. Uh, not quite as embarrassing as coming home with Christmas tree with your friends, but he said, I totally forgot to McDonald's on tonight. I checked my phone at about 9.10, and I see a video from WWE social media of Roman Reigns tied to the ring post and Baron Corbin, and Baron Corbin feeding him dog food. I'm not even watching the show anymore, and I'm still annoyed with what's going on. How does Vince think this is okay to put on television? So some more uh, uh, negative feedback there. Uh, let's see. Uh, this is a uh, email about Lacey or actually a couple topics. Dave from Harrisburg PA says, Hey, waiting camp. I feel like tonight they finally took a step in the right direction with Lacey Evans character. They should have been using the fact that she was a Marine as part of her character from the beginning, regardless of the fact that she got suckered, uh, suckered from behind. I feel like she looked strong and actually believed her conviction and wanted to root for her. On another note, am I wrong, or was this the first time we've seen the non-fiend version of Bray Wyatt attack someone? I know Seth Rollins was attacked. Uh, I know Seth Rollins attacked him a while back, but I can't recall a time that he attacked anyone in this form of himself. It makes me wonder if his match with the Miz will be as the fiend, or if he'll have his first match as the Funhouse version of himself. I feel like they should keep the separation. Have a great night, and everyone go VIP. Thanks, Dave. Uh, yeah, Cam, uh, do, do you remember another instance of the Fiend, I mean, of the, the, the Bray Wyatt non-Fiend character since the Fiend debuted um, attacking anyone? No, and I, I do think that's kind of what we uh, kind of what we were talking about. With it, There seemed to be more of a merging of those personalities. Um, so I wonder if, you know, we're looking at a thing where he's normal throughout the match and then, you know, lights go out, he comes back as the Fiend. Like, that just kind of heightens itself. Yeah. I don't see him going a full match as Bray Wyatt because I don't think that – I think they want to do those visual effects. I think they want to have that kind of mystical, otherworldly character, and they're going to pull it out every chance they get. So I could see him starting the match one way. Like, I'd love to see him come out in, like, the workout clothes <laughs> that he wears in the promos and come out to the Funhouse music and then just flip it during the match. I think that would be a cool effect, and I think they're – in the business of cool effects with him. Yeah, yeah, definitely. All right, uh, a broader topic here from uh, Jason from California. Um, how does how do SmackDown and Raw maintain such high viewership above AW Dynamite and NXT when they're so bad? 
The general WWE viewership got a taste of NXT recently, and when NXT wrestlers were on the majority of the, when when NXT talent were on the major shows, but it seems like it's not translating to too many more viewers. Is watching SmackDown and Raw just habit for some people at this point? I stopped watching them about a year ago after watching since 1997. I couldn't take it anymore. But there's dog food tonight, Jason. Check it out. Who is <laughs> suffering watching through that gar- that garbage anymore? I just watched the top tens on YouTube, and just FYI, I think Dynamite is much better than NXT. But NXT's good. Dynamite looks major league, while NXT looks like a t- the TNA venue did. Okay, so he ironic. I don't know if it qualifies as ironic, but he might have answered his own question a little bit at the end there in terms of the viewership. AEW is a brand new startup. It's in de- demographics from a demographic standpoint on Wednesday night, top ten show on cable among eighteen to forty nine year olds, uh, if not every week, most weeks. And but they're a brand new startup. And so they're doing top eight, demogra- top ten demographic numbers. I think they're number eight this week, but it's a startup. Meanwhile, NXT is at full sale. It's the third brand. It's been, in, it's been established with the WWE fan base as a minor league, a developmental system, the third biggest brand, not where the big stars are. And pro wrestling is a business of big stars, in addition to tradition and inertia. So. Um, Kim, do you, do you kind of agree with that, that that's sort of offsetting? Yes, AEW looks more major league, but it's a startup. It's doing well, but it's you know less than half the viewership around SmackDown because it's so new, whereas NXT is held back from instantly reaching SmackDown and Raw numbers because it's the third brand, and it, as he says, looks minor league or smaller in the full-sale venue. Um, and so I, I cover that, but I also kind of a follow-up would be, would WWE have been better off coming up with a brand new show with a new name, not NXT, and not having the the sort of the, quote, baggage that might come with NXT being perceived as that developmental group on the network. Would people have tu- tuned in in bigger numbers if they didn't see it as the number three brand? If you put a different name on NXT, even if it's the same talent, I do think you get more eyes. Um, I don't think that fans who were used to seeing like a Wrestlemania are interested in the idea of seeing something that has been defined as a minor league if they weren't already into that like it's interesting um, you, know, you talk about NXT being better than a Raw and a Smackdown um, like because to me I like everything about NXT I like the small venue I like like that home feel I like the length of the matches I like how the characters are presented like that's it's very much for somebody like me who's yeah. watched wrestling for a long time and is not doesn't need the glitz and glamour to get the enjoyment out of what I'm seeing I like the grit of it like I like the the hard work aspect of it. Um, but I do think people are one like are predisposed to a Raw and a SmackDown. Like Vince McMahon has spent years telling people that the Superior Wrestling Show is the show that looks like a Super Bowl, a Super Bowl every time you watch it. Yeah, like I, I think that's true. And then AEW kind of following that model. Like AEW absolutely looks like a bigger deal than NXT, even though I'd say everything that happens between you know nine o'clock or between seven and nine o'clock would be better on NXT to me. But I understand exactly where he's coming from. So I agree with you that that putting a new name on it, even with the same talent, putting a new name and a new look would have led to more viewers. I don't think people were excited to see something that had already been available to them. And that's why those AEW and NXT numbers look so similar. But um, I'd agree that in NXT. 
an AEW Dynamite is typically a better show recently than a Monday Night Raw, but I'd still say NXT is the best show out of those four. Yeah, yeah, I, I think so too, uh, most weeks. Some of Pro Wrestling's best podcasts are VIP exclusive, and you can go VIP and find out why we have been supported by paid subscribers for over 30 years with our exclusive top shelf content, including Pro Wrestling Torch senior columnist Bruce Mitchell with the Bruce Mitchell Audio Show. I usually host that program, although he has a variety of guest hosts with different themes and unmatched historical insight, but primarily providing insight and hard-hitting analysis and opinion on what today's news means. Also, The Fix with Todd Martin. Every midweek, Todd and I sit down for two and a half, three and a half hours with analysis of the latest TV shows and major events from WWE, AEW, New Japan, and many others. Plus, he'll keep you up to date on what just happened in the world of MMA, USC, Bellator, and more, and what's coming up the following weekend. Plus, book reviews, reviews of documentaries, and so much more comprehensive coverage of the worldwide pro wrestling scene. And then the unmatched mailbag segment. This is one of the highlights of the week in the pro wrestling podcast world. I know I sound like I'm exaggerating, but this is great stuff. The fixed listeners provide fantastic questions, and Todd delivers every week. You will learn, you will think, and you will appreciate professional wrestling on another level when you go VIP. And that includes Bruce and Todd joining me for post-pay-per-view roundtables following WWE and AEW pay-per-view events where we spend roughly an hour, sometimes longer, breaking down the pay-per-view. As soon as it ends, we are recording that podcast, and within about 90 minutes, it's available for VIP members on our VIP-exclusive podcast feed. All the VIP shows are available on popular podcast apps on both iPhone and Android. No ads, no plugs on the VIP exclusives, and we remove the plugs and ads from the free shows that also show up on the VIP podcast feed sometimes sooner than the general public has access to them. That's just scratching the surface. Go check out full details on VIP benefits, including retro radio shows from the early to late 1990s, our podcast dating back to the mid-2000s, back issues of the Pro Wrestling Torch Weekly Newsletter, over 1,600 of them, and so much more. Full details at pwtorchvipinfo.com. That's pwtorchvipinfo.com. Join the ranks of the most well-informed and most entertained pro wrestling fans with the best podcast lineup anywhere. Go VIP and get these shows with the ads and plugs removed also. A huge bonus. PWTorchVIPInfo.com I, I, I know when ECW uh, started on Sci-Fi, and I think it was Kevin Dunn who really wanted that WWE logo in the corner of the screen. And I think think if I remember right, Paul Heyman was against it. And there was there was internally a, a debate about whether ECW should be um, feel independent of the WWE brand in order to keep the cachet that it had as a brand. And Kevin, I was like, no, we need to let people know when they're watching this, that this is a WWE product. So would just what about something in between? What about calling Wednesday night's new show WWE? NXT or WWE Next Gen or I don't I'm you know whatever you know come up with something that picks up on the NXT tradition but has WWE at the beginning so people who are sort of WWE Raw SmackDown completists whoever however many there are or that you put the the major league brand of WWE on the show does that in and of itself make a difference even if everything else was the same 
yeah, I think people want to ride for for the brand. And and when you you know put something out there that is a part of that but has a different name, I think people respond to it like that. Like like again, the emailer says that he thinks AEW is a better show. Like I don't know why, but a lot of people feel that way. And so it's not a wrong opinion, like so to speak. But AEW has the benefit of being new, whereas NXT. NXT's first champion was Seth Rollins. <laughs> Seth Rollins has been on the main roster like five, six years. And so, you know, if, if it if it wasn't a big deal then, why is it a big deal now? Um, we have an actual new thing, not something with a new coat of paint, is how I think a lot of people see it. Yeah. No, it, it's actually really fascinating. Like, he, he didn't doesn't say that Dynamite's a better show. He says it's a much better show than mm-hmm. NXT, but he thinks NXT is good. You know, he's not a uh, he's not someone who doesn't see value in NXT. So it's, it's interesting. I mean, it's... I enjoy this because we did a, a on pwtorch.com we did a survey of of readers and ran a, you know a bunch of people who responded to to the question of which show do you watch and why and I mean if you're like really in NXT and think AEW is inferior and you see things about them that are inferior it it kind of I think it blows your mind why would you like AEW better but there's it seems like there's an equal number of people on the other side who look at AEW as the better show, and they have the reasons to not like NXT. And some of it's the setting, some of it's the stench of the WWE corporate brand. Some people just think AEW is more, less scripted, more freewheeling, even than NXT in terms of the, the in-ring style. But it'd be interesting to kind of try to create the composite list of reasons that people are AEW fan, uh, an AEW fan over NXT and vice versa. Um because I, I, I don't know that I can just off the top of my head, even editing and posting those answers and following, you know, talking to people on this show. I don't know that I have like a composite top three reasons someone would be an AW fan versus uh, someone who's an NXT fan. Yeah, yeah. I think that you know, they, they do offer different things. Um, a lot of it is like wrestling match style. It's people you haven't seen. I think it does tend to be a bit faster. Like to me, NXT is a crisper show. Yeah. If if nothing else, um, I like kind of the simplicity of it. I like the lead characters right now more than I do in, in AEW. But yeah, there are all kinds of different reasons. Um, <laughs> some of them are actually irrational on both sides. But <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. For that to be much better, I'm like, I'm kind of running through my head. I'm like, okay, he probably likes X, Y, and Z, and that's cool. And I like, you know, this and that's cool. I, I do think it's interesting that now they're basically, for Raw viewership, and when I say Raw, I don't mean the show Raw. I mean Raw numbers. They're basically running neck and neck. And I wonder if that's something that lasts. But, you know, both of them were up. So I think that's good. If more people are watching, that's great. But, yeah, I, I wonder if that trend continues with both of them going up and staying similar. All right, cool. Uh, we'll end there. Cam, thank you so much. Uh, uh, tell people on social media and uh, another quick podcast plug as uh, people wrap up listening to this and can shift immediately into subscribing to uh, following you and subscribing to your podcast. Absolutely. So um, on Twitter, you can find me at Seahawk. It's C-E-E-H-A-W-K. It's the same thing on Instagram. Um, I also curate the Torch's Instagram page. So that's just P.W. Torch. Um, And again, the South Congress podcast with a K um, drops every single Monday, 8 a.m. Eastern, 7 a.m. Central. Um, And that's going to be like our show on pop culture, sports, what's going on in the world. And actually, um, Travis and Rich, the other two thirds, or you know, I don't know, forty two percent, like yeah, yeah. like Wade says, yeah. um, they actually have a new <laughs> show on the network called the Demon Dust Podcast, where they are reviewing each episode of the His Dark Materials show 
on HBO and BBC. So we kind of we kind of keep things in house, like to work with the guys, let them get off the stuff that they want to. Um, so yeah, South Congress podcast with AK. Um, we we keep you going with everything that's going on in entertainment. And I hate to say it, uh, Kemp, you're forty percent of these Coast Cast. There actually is someone who's forty five percent. Yeah, yeah. And then yeah, the last person's fifteen. Yeah, we should do a deep dive on just how much he actually contributes. It'll be fun. <laughs> Very good. Cam, thanks so much. Always a pleasure. Thank you, Wade. Yep, you bet. If you'd like to hear this show without ads and plugs interrupting, there's one thing you can do right now to make that happen, and that is become a PW Torch VIP member. You get about a dozen other podcasts throughout the week that I host that are VIP exclusive, and you get the Wade Keller post shows and podcasts during the week with the ads and plugs removed, all on a separate feed exclusively for VIP members. Plus, tons of other podcasts that are VIP exclusive, access to our full archives of podcasts dating back to 2004, which includes post pay per view roundtables dating back to late 2004 also access to our full archives thousands of podcasts over 1500 back issues of the pro wrestling torch weekly newsletter that started it all add free access to our website and more check out full details at pwtorchvipinfo.com that's pwtorchvipinfo.com to get full details and then jump to our sign up form it's mobile friendly desktop friendly in two minutes you can be a VIP member, show support for us, and we'll give you a lot in return, including a streamlined listening experience on your iPhone or Android device with the ads and plugs removed. Go check it out, pwtorchvipinfo.com.